Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Friday, baby, August 18th, 2023. Dave Neal here, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. All of your entertainment in one spot, as seen in Time Magazine in Washington Post. That's right, we got all the news for you today. Let's let this one air out, folks. You know what this song is. It's Rebecca Black's Friday. Air it out, folks. Sing it with me. Six, seven, eight. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Fun, 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 everybody gonna drink some tonight. Who wants to smoke a bowl? Let's go. Binge on Netflix. Everybody knows. Okay, come on, folks. Let's have fun. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, and let's get into this. Bachelor Rush Hour, folks. You get paid today? You get that raise? You doing all right? Put some pizza on the table? All right, Timmy loves a good pizza. And we've got your uh, entertainment dinner for you. I'm dishing up right here. Let's get into it. (laughs) Gotta get down on Friday. Fun, 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 fun. (laughs) Gotta get down on Friday. They just have words. Fun, fun, blast. Have a good time. Party. Party and yeah. Fun, 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 looking forward to the weekend. All right, that's Rebecca Black with her hit song, Friday, 167 million views on YouTube, 11 years old and not a day too soon, folks. All right, let's dive into what we got. Did I lose any of you guys today? We actually have a couple of heavy topics we'll get into, but Lauren and Ari have posted, of course, you know, I was very critical of their Venmo donations. They asked for Venmo donations to raise money to go then buy flashlights for people, apparently, that are trying, you know, it's just a bogus things they're trying to do to help the victims from the fire in Maui. They posted this, been talking to our friends in Maui that are helping those in need and they've requested tents, flashlights and N95 masks. So we bought as many as we could using money you donated, capital Y-O-U, and they'll be heading onto a plane with Ari Jr. tomorrow to get to those who need them. This is just the beginning. Ari and our friends are planning to go door to door and ask families what their specific needs are to make sure they are taken care of. We made a video about this and shared their $1.5 million vacation home and just said, hey, if you want to help, let people stay at your home because, um, you know, it's it's these vacation homes. And again, like we said, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg bought like what, a 1,500 acres of land in Hawaii. So all of these people that are buying additional properties in Hawaii have made it unbearable for the locals. Any help that can be done right now, in my opinion, in the opinion of all of the government officials is send money to donate, donate to charities that are on boots on the ground that are there. And, you know, good on Ari for slinging a couple um, flashlights at people. But uh, the issue, I mean, it's a mass casualty event. We have our thoughts and prayers with everybody. We just want to make sure we responsibly... Uh, donate in ways that actually help the, you know, with the most uh, effort as possible. Make sense, folks? All right. So we have other news. You know, we love a good contradiction over here. Nobody loves a good contradiction like your boy, 
Dave Neal's Kid Rock up and down the house. Kid Rock enjoys a Bud Light. Wait, what? That's the title from TMZ. That's right. We know, if you guys remember last month, Kid Rock uh, had a performative uh, bullet uh, you know, event where he was just shooting up Bud Lights because of some woke agenda, you know, this whole issue he had because Bud Light gave a six pack to a transgendered influencer uh, uh, with it, you know, the, he, he decided he's no longer supporting Bud Light. Well, turns out Kid Rock seemingly can't turn down the light, refreshing taste of Bud Light. No matter who is on the can, sipping on a cold one only months after he obliterated cases of the beer with an AR style rifle. Yeah, look, if you're going to take that moral high ground, you gotta take it, you know, for more than a month. It's the same guy who said F Bud Light and F Anheuser-Busch a few months ago was Skydeck in Nashville Thursday night taking in Colt Ford's show. So there he is, a man of the people hanging out in his Skydeck uh, sweet there, sipping on the real piss taste of Bud Light. Like, I don't mind a Bud Light. The last time I had a Coors Light was um, when I was in Lake Shasta. It was 115 degrees outside, and we were swimming in the lake. And I was like, you know what? That's when you have a Coors Light, when it's cold enough and it can just like quench your thirst like a good water, but um, not exactly enjoying uh, all of the uh, sort of uh, aromas that come from uh, what is really just hogwash beverage. And speaking of other ways you can consume, today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Microdosing can curb your anxiety. It can calm you down. Last night I had my show in Huntington Beach. So many of you guys came out to my stand-up show. It was so much fun, but I didn't get home till midnight. I gotta wake up at 7am to get work done. How can you go to bed after performing stand-up and releasing all of this energy and having a blast? I'll tell you how you have an edible. That's what you do with microdose.com. It just helps get you back down to the normal level so you can actually fall asleep. Uh, or if you're like trying to do something creative and artsy or you know, time to go paint that extra room you didn't want to paint, pop an edible and have a blast. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code RUSHHOUR. And I mean, it's a Friday. Treat yourself to a little bit of an extra edible. You know what I like to do with an edible? Watch some Netflix. Well, get this. Netflix will mark... You like these transitions? I am crushing it. Uh, Netflix will mark the end of DVD business by sending up to 10 randomly selected discs to consumers. And my response to that was, Netflix was still offering its DVD service? I can't wait to have a kid someday or a grandkid and be like, Jimmy... Back in my day, before the United States of Netflix existed, before Netflix bought the world, uh, this global empire of Netflix, we used to actually get a DVD sent in the mail. And then my kid's going to be like, Daddy, what's the mail? And I'm going to be like, well, we used to have a government that had socialized a way to communicate with people through hard copy messages. Hard copy, and I, you know, and I digress. But I remember when Netflix came out, when I lived in the old fraternity house, 30 guys living under one roof. And the amount of Netflix... Uh, packages coming in and out of that property every day we'd get 50 new things to watch it was and, and you know and then we'd send them back you know stick they'd be all sticky from the taste of surge energy beverages and hope and uh, either way i yeah i'm shocked that netflix still has dvds but no longer they are getting rid of them all right uh we're gonna take a quick break and then after that i'm gonna get to this wild story i'm only gonna share a piece of it it's a story of an ex-bachelor producer 
calling out her ex-boyfriend, who was also a Bachelor producer. And it turns out it's a pretty heavy lawsuit, or at least legal proceedings are underway. I'm going to have that story in our featured content today will be Caitlin Bristow and Rachel Lindsay having a discussion about the anxiety that comes from trying to live in the limelight with your relationship. All that and more right after this quick break, a word from our sponsor. Now, here's a story about Colton Underwood that I don't know if I'm going to turn into a video, but uh, talk about some canceled uh, Charlies over here. We've got Colton on Chris Harrison's podcast discussing what it was like to clear the fence, the old jump over the gate that happened, I believe in Portugal. Have a listen. Knowing you as well as I do now and and, and knowing where your life is now, um, do you look back, you're like, how is that my life? At any point, how was, how was I running through the Portuguese countryside trying to you know, evade producers. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it just makes more sense to me now. It's like only like only a gay man can be that dramatic on a show. So, um, I mean, to be honest, that's super funny. A lot of, of obvious, a, a lot of stuff that I was processing internally as clearly, the show was going on. Clearly, but yet, like in the micro moments of like, okay, no, this is the the only one that I sort of wanted while I was trying to like figure out my sexuality and it's not happening. And then this is all like on top of it. These people don't understand what I'm going through. I didn't want to let them in. So it was a, it was a tough, you know, it was tough. And like, even, I I don't know if you remember this, but like, I think I was, I was one of maybe the only contestants that read my agreement from like front to back. Probably. So I knew, I think I like knew or remembered reading in there is like, when you ask for the therapist, the cameras have to like legally be, like taken down, like they have to stop recording. So I remember like you were like calling at me and I would like, I think I, we went back and forth with like two or three lines. And then like my third line was just like, I need to talk to Dr. Who our therapist was at the time. And I said, the next person I talk to needs to be a therapist. And like, that's when like, I remember the cameras and stuff. Because so, but I want to back up about five minutes before I, we found you, you were in a ditch, correct? Is this true that you're in a ditch and you kind of got scared out of that ditch by an, an animal? Yeah. I mean, at that point I just was like, okay, like this needs to end because something's going to pop out or bite me or do something to me that I need, I'm going to need help with. And just so we can kind of explain to people. So we're, we're in the Portuguese countryside and they don't have underwater sewers and, and where rain runs and, and all that on each side of the road, there was essentially these drainage ditches that were, kind of bricked in and they were probably like four feet deep. So you could, I mean, you could scoot down in one and never be seen. And that's where you were when we were driving down the road, but you shot out of it, like, you know, out of a cannon. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what exactly it was that scared me out of there. I think it was just a culmination of the entire evening because it it went on for a while. I don't, once again, I like you you sort of black out. I would say it was a good 45, 50 minutes that all this took place. Yeah. So you don't have like an exact time. Like I was like, I don't know how long I've been running here. All I know is like, it's early in the morning. I'm tired. This is, uh, this is useless at this point because this city's hours away. Yeah. All right. So this whole story, we're going to spend some time over the weekend listening to the podcast and um, I'll find any more relevant bits there. But I mean, look, credit where it's due. It's pretty funny for Colton to be like, only a gay man could be that dramatic. Uh, So obviously 
a lot of pain was caused from Colton's experience, pain in which he hasn't addressed or talked about, and that being Cassie Randolph. We actually saw Cassie Randolph's boyfriend. She, he's been she's been dating a guy named Brighton for three years. He's a very talented musician. He came, I believe, with his father. I think it was with his father to my stand-up show last night. It was so good to see him. But of course, he wrote the song "Creep," which was about. Uh, Colton Underwood being a creep because he was, you know, putting a tracking device under the trunk of Cassie's car and, uh, of course, you know, created a fake phone number to uh, to harass himself with, I mean, real psychopathic stuff in the name of trying to remain closeted and protect his secret, apparently. But because of the restraining order and the settlement and all the things that went down, Cassie Randolph, of course, hiring power attorney Brian Friedman. Uh, because of all that, we just won't get the story. But speaking of real horrifying stuff, and I'm not kidding when I say this, real horrifying stuff, a TikTok started to go viral last night and we made the whole video about it today. Trigger warning. It involves domestic violence. And uh, this is a producer or a former producer by the name Alana, I believe is her name on TikTok, posted a seven minute video where she explains how she found the writings of her ex-boyfriend that were very uh, problematic to say the least. Here's what she had to say. Again, these were producers on The Bachelor. Been following for a while, you know, we used to work on The Bachelor together. So I'll let you fill in the blanks on what some of those things might be. Um, I was disgusted and horrified and I confronted him about it and I said really horrible and mean things to him about it and he was really regretful and sorry. Um, then, you know, I'm in a few group chats with girls who were involved in things that he did and who came forward and told me and other girls I talked to after I heard stories and verified that they were true. Um, so she shares that she found these writings that could have been a 12 step program where he was writing moral sort of issues that he had in the past, like journaling or this and that, but innocent until proven guilty, but there might be a lawsuit involved. There might, who knows legally what's going to be going down. But usually when someone comes out like this and it's not for clout, it's somebody who's sharing her story, broke up with her ex, both bachelor producers. Usually when a story like this comes out, more, uh, more, um, uh, testimonies come out and things like that. So she's saying she's in a group chat of people that say crazy things happened with this guy. And again, a lot of which we don't know the facts on, but can only imagine it's going to be very troubling and we'll report any of that information as it comes out. All right. So next story is Caitlin Bristow. And she was on her own podcast off the vine. She moved, she traveled to Los Angeles last week to film Golden Bachelor and she had Rachel Lindsay on the podcast. So we're going to get to what she had immediately. Well, I'm going to get to what she had to say immediately after a quick word from our sponsor. Mad anxiety. Like mm. it was the first time because I've been off social media for eight days and it was the first time that. And some people might say, oh, only eight days, whatever. We'll get into that in a second. My anxiety was creeping in and I was like, no, 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 no. Because usually I only get it if I'm hungover or if I'm on my period. And I'm not I, either one of those things. And so I took a little thing called lorazepam. And I feel like I'm still in a dream. Okay, so you That's have what like I'm that, at. that like buzz, kind of like that. Do you ever have you I, ever microdosed? Yes. Like, now I would like that feeling. Oh, is that not the feeling? That's you not have? the feeling. Okay. okay. This okay. feels like I'm half asleep, um, like a couple brain cells missing from the weekend, and I don't know where I am or what time it is, and I'm just you're on the mend. It's okay. I woke up bright, bright eyed, bushy tailed this morning, did a workout, and now I'm like. Ugh. If it makes you feeling better, I can't tell. Okay. Yeah, Rachel's a great 
she's a great conversation for Caitlin to have right now because she really calms down Caitlin's energy, as you can see here. Rachel's a calming force. She's like, yeah, you're, you're doing good. You're on the mend. You're all right, girl. It's a very good thing here keep you awake okay keep me awake keep, i'll do don't my best don't bore me okay <laughs> don't bore me here today um i'm so excited you're here i, I haven't know. talked in so long this has I'm, been a long time coming it really has been i was trying to think of the last time we podcasted and i couldn't um but i have so much to just talk to you about or ask you about because i'm like first of all how's brian brian's good so yeah. they get into this conversation with Brian, who will share this quick reel here is our guest tomorrow on driving with dave here it is, folks, getting my lenses cleaned off. And ain't no scrubs here, folks. Brian Abasolo. We talk a lot about his relationship with Rachel coming off of the show, how he was able to not be villainized on his season of The Bachelorette and all of that. That's going to be up tomorrow on the Dave Neal Show or on the podcast Bachelor Rush Hour. So let's go back to what Rachel has to say with advice to Caitlin for dealing with a public relationship. Now, Something that I found, and I talked to this lady who's a social media trauma counselor, mm -hmm. and she talks about how pressure of relationships on social media can destroy a relationship yeah. without even being in the public eye. Okay, so the so perfect note to bring you back to it. Here's what she said. You don't owe anybody anything, but the problem is you built this. It's, right. It's kind of your Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. You built the monster, you fed the monster, and then at any given time, that monster can eat you, mm -hmm. right? And what is so important, every time I get in this conversation, there's always- and By the way, just so some people commented saying, oh, they're kind of like overly dramatic here, but it's not. Suicide rates are up, self-harm, judgment, depression, they're all up because- we compare ourselves to others using our devices. We have a bully in our pocket to compare is despair. So this lady, and we'll get back to what Caitlin said to Rachel right here, but this lady, Jenny Wise Black, she doesn't have a smartphone. She doesn't deal with it. She challenges uh, uh, Caitlin to her face right here to go dark and says, you're not going to do it. Um, I do not believe there's a way you can balance it at yeah. all. And I think that the very best the only good thing that you can do is put it in the proper order yeah and what i don't know i don't think you'll listen to me i don't think anybody will listen to me who has like a legitimate following i really don't so you could I you could won't. prove me wrong <laughs> I, I, I hope to but i don't know when you when you go through a personal loss you need to go dark for as long as you need to go dark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the Jewish tradition, um, during times of grief, they would cover mirrors. Oh. And for two reasons. One. Okay, so you probably already saw that video, but you can go watch it right now. It is fantastic. I would watch the whole episode she did with Jenny Wise Black, but you can catch my recap of it as well. But it's important to have all that information because it's not a failure of Caitlin to post on Instagram. She just said, Jenny Weiss Black says, put it in the proper order. So maybe there's a certain time of day where you put that phone and lock it up and go on with your day. Maybe you have a second phone. I've talked about this with my wife. Maybe we need a new phone. We have the smartphone when we have to do business and then we have the dummy phone when we just need to text or call our mom or do basic things that aren't the negative side of it. The cell phone in itself is a tool. It's not negative. It's the social media and all of the, oh, but I have a business, I run through it. 
Figure it the fuck out. You got to figure out how to run your business, how to do all these other things. I mean, Caitlyn is beloved. She has 135,000 people liking and hearting her journey. Everyone's wishing her well. She just has to find a way to manage it all. And that might mean having her assistant run the whole business phone and she just checks it half an hour every morning for the business stuff, but maybe the assistant comes in and cleans up and sweeps the non-business things out of there, the criticisms and all of that. So we don't know what's going on behind the scene. I'm just posting this preventatively before someone goes, Oh, she said she was going to go dark and eight days later, she's back online. And people say, she said she's going to go dark, but she's podcasting. This is cathartic. Podcasting is one of the best things you can actually do. Trust me, nobody has long form conversations anymore. I can't kick people out of my driving with Dave interviews. I mean, they want to stay all day long. We are so ripe and thirst. We have such a thirst for long form connection and conversation. This isn't the problem. The problem is the ruminating that comes with judging yourself on social media. This isn't it. Yeah. You're always feeling like you need to show everybody, you know, how happy you are and you know exactly how it is. Mm -hmm. And then it's just all amplified with social media. Mm -hmm. So I was telling her that I truly think part of the reason Jason and I have not worked out is social media played a part in that. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, not like cheating or anything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but just pressures or feeling like we're putting on like a performative show Mm -hmm. or just... How have you guys dealt with that? Because I know that's something that, you know, people always assume because you have your career and you're posting about your career and you once in a while post about you and Brian, but you've always been a little more on the private side with that, which I love, which I'm going to take notes about for next (laughs) one. Uh, But how do you guys navigate that with all the pressure of social media and the noise? We did it pretty quickly because for the very same reasons you said of like, you do, especially when you, well, for us, we came off the show for you guys when you first got together. You feel the pressure, like, we have to show people, you know, yeah. how we're doing. Yeah. And and because they want that, yeah. right? They fell in love with the, you guys as a couple, and they want to see how you're doing, and they want to check in, and they don't always get that. And so, you know, you feel like you have to perform. And yeah. I remember, I remember being in public at, like, I don't know, like a grocery store. And I felt like people were watching us, watching our conversation, watching. Body language. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, there was a story that came out about like us waiting for an Uber and Brian was like walked away from me. And I don't even remember why he walked away. He might have yeah. gone to throw something away. But maybe they he had a little story. You know, maybe yeah. he had to go for a fart walk. Yeah, let's yeah. have some air. Yeah. That's what I always say. Let out some air. Let out some air. And they blew it up into this whole thing. And I just remember saying, okay, Brian, I just, I felt, anxiety yeah to have to perform for people i don't even know yeah and they don't even know me mm-hmm. and then i'm only giving them a piece of what our relationship is which you know a relationship is up and down like you go through so seasons all the time it is work and hard work i just didn't want to do that so very quickly that's good you we decided yeah we're only going to share what we want to share and but people- it's you know people that like rachel Lindsay does a great job here of explaining the no-win situation that exists there. It's a no-win. I'm super, I can walk through this world and not expect people are looking at me. And even then, I was at a place called Sasquatch Coffee the other day, and someone comes up and goes, hey, I watch you on YouTube. And uh, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in my gym shorts. I, I was like, I wasn't prepared to be seen today. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't have to deal with it on the way that they do, where like, you know, you know oh, is my hair messy? Or, or my husband and I are on good terms? What if she, he tries to hold her hand and she's like not feeling it? And then you know, all these, these judgments that you, you know, in normal life, you just don't have to deal with and someone like Caitlin 
probably is really good at handling all of the adversity. It's almost like the better you are at handling the torment of it all, the worse it hurts you because you let it, you're like, you you can withstand more of the beating. So you just get more of that metaphorical beating. Whereas Rachel was like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, not doing it. No posting about this. No talking about him. He's mine. F all of you. And some people get rubbed the wrong way, but it's like, it's, um, it's someone protecting their own. It's like how moms want to protect their kids, their cubs, right? So criticize us for that. I know. There were like months that went by where Brian and I didn't post and everyone assumed that we were breaking up. They were counting how long it had been since we post each other, yeah. how long we had liked each other's posts. And I was like, I don't even pay attention. Like I'm too present in the, in real life, I'm a terrible social media person. I actually That's wish so I was better. Yeah, I do. I do because I'm losing money. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I to know. be honest, but that's I've talked about that so many times where I'm like, I have uh, losing money to keep your sanity with social media is like the best thing that you can do. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I totally hear you because they feel b- Bachelor World. Of course, they watch you fall in love and they watch you go through this, and then they do feel entitled to keep up with you. And I do feel a responsibility to share that because I'm like, oh, it's like our own little show now. Like they edited us and we can yeah. now do our own thing. And I really loved sharing about it. I loved doing it with Sean. I loved sharing it with Jason. Um, and now I'm like, well, f- that. I'm not doing <laughs> it anymore. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> It is very interesting to hear multiple legends from The Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay and Caitlin Bristow, discuss the trials and tribulations of protecting your relationship while also trying to mine that relationship for whatever monetary reasons that can exist out there. And clearly where it stands right now, Rachel Lindsay has balanced that with her husband, Brian Abasolo, and Caitlin Bristow did not. But it doesn't mean Caitlin's to blame for anything. It just didn't work out. Now, Brian Abasolo, I interviewed yesterday. We met in person yesterday. I drove the Tesla to his chiropractic practice. Did I pronounce that right? In uh, Los Angeles. And we had a good, something like 45 or 50 minute long conversation about all things healthcare, medicine, uh, the criticisms around chiropractors. We also talked about his relationship when it was long distance uh, with Rachel Lindsay. And now that they are not long distance. We talked about the dynamic there, uh, the friction that can create fire in the relationship. And we talked about some other very interesting bachelor related things. You're going to love that interview. It'll be live tomorrow on the Saturday morning episode of driving with Dave on the bachelor rush hour podcast. And you can watch it tomorrow morning on YouTube. Well, without further ado, everybody enjoy your Friday. I've been Dave Neal and this was bachelor rush hour. Fun.